What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night. Taylor Lynch with you as always. Guys, we got a fun show lined up for you this evening. The first AP Top 25 poll is out. We'll take a look at that. Look at some of the teams that are listed. Look at where the Louisville Cardinals are listed on that poll as well. We're going to wrap up the Summer Football Preview Series tonight. As John Clay, the Lexington Herald leader, joins us to talk about our friends to the east, the Kentucky Wildcats, the last team on Louisville's schedule, and the last team on our summer football preview series. So we'll wrap that up tonight as well. And who knows what else we'll get into on the show. You never know with us. Of course, you know how to get in touch with us if you want to. Hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL, at Taylor Lynch, or at Lewis Metzinger. As well, if guys, if you're listening to us on iTunes on the podcast feature there, please make sure you go to the bottom of the screen and hit the share button and share this piece of work out so that everybody can hear what we're doing here on the breakdown and follow us and listen to us every week, just like you're doing. We appreciate it so, so very much, guys. So let's go ahead and jump right into this thing. Preseason AP Top 25 poll was released on Monday. I'll go ahead and read through it for you. It goes just like this. Alabama, no surprise really, the top dog there in the number one spot. Ohio State, number two. Florida State, number three. Southern Cal, number four. Clemson, despite losing everything they lost, um, but being the defending national champion, I guess it's only fitting that they are in the five spot. Penn State, a team that I'm really high on this year, in the sixth spot. Oklahoma at 7, Washington at 8, Wisconsin at 9, and Oklahoma State at 10. 11 through 20 goes Michigan at 11, Auburn at 12, LSU at 13, Stanford at 14, Georgia at 15, your Louisville Cardinals at 16, Florida at 17, Miami at 18, South Florida at 19, Kansas State at 20, 21 through 25 is Virginia Tech at 21, West Virginia at 22. Those two teams will square off in the first weekend of the college football season. Uh, Texas under new head coach Tom Herman checks in at 23, Washington State at 24, and Tennessee, your champions of life from a season ago, rounding out the top 25 at number 25. The first time in I don't even know how long that the SEC has had one team, one team in the top 10. Now, of course, they make up for it in spots 11 through 25, but just the one team, Alabama, there in the number one spot. Um, Kind of surprising, I think, that Ohio State at the number two. I think a lot of people thought Florida State would be up there, but Florida State right there at three. So that makes this weekend, or the opening weekend matchup between Alabama and Florida State a very... Very interesting matchup, to say the least. Um, I think you could make the argument that Clemson may be a little too high at number five. Maybe. I know a lot of people are going to be upset about that, but I think you lose Deshaun Watson. I would be, if they were at nine or ten, okay, cool. But I I don't know. Maybe maybe five might be a little too high for them, but we'll see. Uh, Again, I mentioned really like Penn State. I'm really high on this Penn State team. Um, The way they played last season, the way they finished out the year, that Rose Bowl game with USC um, was iconic, so really high on this Penn State team as well. Speaking of that 
USC Penn State game. USC is another team that I really like. I think Sam Darnold um, is going to really make some noise this year, um, and I think that SC is going to get back to the SC uh, that we know, the SC of the Pete Carroll era, uh, where it seemed like all they did was win. Uh, so SC is another team that I really like. Um, I do like the spot that Louisville's at at 16. Uh, in the coaches' poll, they were 17th here in the preseason top 25. They're 16. Um, I think there's a lot of room for them to move up. Um, I think there's a lot of games in that first weekend that are going to determine where the Cardinals end up moving up. Um, I really, I really like the spot. I like the teams that are ahead of them. Um, I like Louisville better than a few of the teams that are ahead of them. Um, but I think they're in a good spot, a good spot to move up. Um, they're not too far back of the pack, um, but they are in a good spot. So we'll see exactly how this whole thing ends up panning out. But I, I do like that. Um, I think Texas is a little interesting at 23 after having, what, a 5-7 and seven season last year. This is the Tom Herman effect, though. I mean, if Charlie Strong was still there uh, after a 5-7 and seven year, I don't see that Texas is ranked uh, in the top 25. But now that Tom Herman has stepped in, now all of a sudden they're ranked um, in the top 25. So we'll see. I, I, that's a team that has a lot uh, a lot to prove if they're going to really make some noise this year. And a lot of people are, are uh, I don't want to say high on them, but optimistic, I think would be the better word, about what Texas can do this year. So we'll see about that. Um, the SEC East looks like it's going to be, um, I guess, an absolute toss-up. I mean, maybe a coin flip. We'll talk to John Clay, the Lexington Herald leader here um, shortly in the show, and we'll ask him about that. But it really looks like the East is kind of a toss-up. I mean, you've got Florida, you've got Georgia, you've got Tennessee barely hanging on there in the top 25 at 25, uh, the champions of life again from the season ago. So they're going to try to repeat as champions of life again here this year. But, I mean, it really – you look at Florida, they've got some question marks. Georgia's got some question marks. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But it looks like the SEC East is going to be is going to be wild um, to follow this year. The Big 12 looks like it's going to be an interesting race. I mean, you've got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State ranked. Um, but you've also got Kansas State. You've got West Virginia. You've got Texas. Um that's going to be an interesting conference to follow as well. And then you look at the ACC. The ACC has Florida State. They've got Clemson. Um, you've got Louisville, Miami, um, Virginia Tech. I think it's going to be a good year in the ACC as well. And a lot is going to be expected of the the ACC this season, and rightfully so. And I think a lot's going to be expected of Miami um, to really make some moves and kind of find themselves again this season so that's that's going to be a big storyline to watch out of the coastal division of the ACC this season is can Miami kind of return to the dominance um, that we're used to expecting from the Hurricanes guys again if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes please hit the share button and share this thing out so that everybody can hear what we're talking about here on the program. So I mentioned earlier in the show that we would be wrapping up the summer football preview series 
tonight talking about the Kentucky Wildcats, our friends to the east, and we're going to do that right now. John Clay um, covers the Kentucky Wildcats for the Lexington Herald Leader. John, welcome into the show. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing wonderful. Thank you for taking some time tonight to, to speak with us. Um, so first things first, let's get to the big news, obviously, around um, the Kentucky football camp right now is the injury to wide receiver Dorian Baker. Um, when Mark Stoops talked the other day, it definitely seemed like it was a severe injury. Um, what do we know now a few days out from that injury? Uh, well, he has a dislocated – he basically has a broken or dislocated ankle – uh, he was to undergo surgery. Um, uh, this is uh, Tuesday. We're taking this on Tuesday uh, today. Uh, he will be out. My guess is he'll be out for the season. They're saying that there's a possibility that he could come back later in the year. Uh, that depends on you know once the doctors get in there, uh, you know to do the surgery exactly how you know complicated it is, and then his rehab coming back. But Dorian does have a red shirt year. He played as a true freshman. So he could uh, he could redshirt. So my guess is that you know it you know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless he, unless it is not as bad once they get in for, there for the surgery and it's, he does, he's ahead of schedule on rehab and can come back you know like midway through the season. If it's late in the season, my guess is that he'll end up sitting out the year. So now with with potentially no Dorian Baker for the Kentucky offense, a lot of the pressure is now going to fall on Garrett Johnson. Um, and then who are some other guys that are going to need to step up in that wide receiver core to kind of make up for the loss of Baker? Well, one guy is coming back who's uh, sort of been a disappointment or hasn't lived up to quite what they thought he would do is Blake Bone. And uh, they basically had a uh, – uh, Mark Stoops had a, you know, a meeting with Blake uh, around spring ball basically saying, you know, this is your time. Either you got to do it now or you're not going to do it, and we need you to do it. Uh, I think from all reports, he's looked a little, a little better in fall camp. But then most of the other guys I think that uh, they're looking at to replace uh, Doreen are, are, are younger guys. Uh, freshmen, uh, the Thomas kid uh, out of Florida who was here for, um, uh, came in early uh, in January. In fact, we just got through watching uh, an open part of practice. I thought he looked really good uh, in that part. They've been raving about uh, their other freshmen um uh, Isaiah Epps and Josh Ali in particular have come in as speed guys uh, who have done well. Um, another guy, obviously, is Lynn Bowden, who was the most heralded recruit, most heralded true freshman coming in. They're working him at a lot of different positions, uh, the way they talk, and we got to see some of him uh, this morning as well. Uh, he's another guy who I think he'll definitely he's going to play. Um, you know, they talked on Saturday that they probably have four freshman receivers, maybe even five, travel with them. Uh, when you're talking about Thomas, Epps, Ali, Bowden, and Javante Richardson, I think also has a chance uh, of depending on how the others do that he might travel. If nothing else, they could use those guys on special teams as well. <clears throat> but just by the fact that they will uh, probably be on the travel squad for the first game at Southern Miss makes me think that they're going to uh, use them in games. So I think those are the guys that you're looking to uh, to step in and try to take uh, Dorian Baker's spot. Right now, I would say the leading contender, especially after watching him this morning, is Thomas, the way he looks, the fact that he was here early, got to go through spring practice ahead of the other guys as far as knowing the playbook. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot out of him once the season starts. John Clay, our guest here, Lexington Herald leader, covers the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, John, probably one of the most talked about positions um, in now Mark Stoops' five years 
at the helm at Kentucky has been the quarterback spot. It looks like Steven Johnson has grabbed a hold of that, especially uh, the way they finished last season. And looks like he will be the number one quarterback and is the number one quarterback. Um, but we do know Drew Barker is healthy. Um, in your estimation, would you be how surprised would you be if it's not Steven Johnson's starting quarterback this season for Kentucky? Uh, well, I'd be shocked if it's not Steven Johnson starting out the year. I would not be as shocked if, like, midway through the year that, you know, Drew's running number one. It depends a lot on how Steven plays, excuse me, and how Drew plays. Uh, I fully expect him to use Drew, uh, even when they start Steven. I fully expect him to maybe try to work Drew in for a series or two, especially in those early games to see, you know, he's, he's coming off back surgery. Uh, he looks good, uh, his mobility. Uh, we've got an open practice that we're able to watch on fan day and then watching this morning. I think his mobility looks good. He's moving around well, but he hasn't taken a hit yet, and he hasn't taken a hit in the game. Mm-hmm. You really won't know until he does that, you know, whether he's, you know, really 100% really ready to go. Um, but, I, you know, I think, you know, you've got to remember that Drew was the starting quarterback at the start of last year. He was a heralded recruit. Uh, you know, if Stephen plays well, and they're winning, and Steven, you know, if he doesn't fumble the ball, if he's sitting on the short intermediate intermediate passes, you know, he'll be the quarterback and Drew will be the backup. But I think if Steve falters, if Steven falters any, um, I don't think they would hesitate to go to Drew and give Drew a shot, especially if things aren't going well. So, John, in that backfield, uh, there will be a noticeable loss this year. Uh, no Boom Williams now as he's gone to the NFL draft. Uh, but Benny Snell looks like he's ready to come right in and pick up where he left off last year after he had a phenomenal season in his own right. Um, but is this Kentucky backfield going to have that same one-two punch um, that they had last year with Boom Williams and Benny Snell? Well, that's the question in training camp. They're looking for the guy who will replace Boom, who can kind of give be a complimentary back to Benny. And Benny's obviously a bulldozer. He runs over people, and he he's hard to tackle. Uh, but uh, Boom was more of a flashy guy, uh, gave you the big long run, uh, obviously hurt people with his speed. But I think they feel like they got a couple of candidates. One is Saheem King, who's a, a holdover guy, junior. This is his chance uh, to to excel. He's mainly in the past been done some mop-up duty and running back and also on kickoff returns. I think they've been pleased with the way he's run the ball. And then the other guy is A.J. Rose, who was a retro freshman who, uh, if it hadn't been for Benny Snell coming on last year, Rose might have been the Rose might have played last year. He and Benny Snell are very tight. Uh, I think he's looked good. He looked good in the spring game until he got hurt. And uh, the coaches seem to be pleased with the way he is progressing. And then you got Brian Kobach, who's a, a true freshman, who was hurt, came in hurt, um, came in early, uh, but was not able to go through uh, much early on because he came in off an injury. He's just now to the point where, like, I think uh, last Saturday's scrimmage was the first scrimmage that he participated in fully. So he's a little behind the others. Uh, my guess is when it all shakes out that A.J. Rose may be the guy. But, uh, uh, you know, I think he and King both will see time uh, that other running back. But you're right, it's going to be hard to replace 1,170 rushing yards. <laughs> Uh, by Boone Williams last year, and I think we kind of forget that when we talk about how well Benny did. This offense, John, has come a long way um, and looks like it's really got a chance to be explosive this season and put up some points. On the defensive side of the ball, though, there's still some questions, especially on the defensive line um, in that front for Mark Stoops and this Kentucky team. Um, Have they got any answers on that defensive line so far in fall camp? Uh, I think there's a couple of guys that they that they're really encouraged by the way that these guys that they have come on. One is Quentin Bohanna, a true freshman out of Cordova, Tennessee. Uh, they've really raved about him. 
Uh, he's definitely going to play. Don't know if he will start, but he's definitely going to play as a true freshman. And I think the other guy that they've been happy with is T.J. Carter, who got some snaps last year as a true freshman. He's a sophomore now. He's got size. I think you're going to see a lot out of him. I think they feel like Adrian Middleton, who got some playing time last year uh, after Reggie Mint uh, left the team, um, you know, he's got some experience now. They said uh, Matt House, the defensive coordinator, talked the other day after the scrimmage saying Adrian had been solid. You got Nyquist Pringle and Matt Elam uh, there at the nose guard position. Uh, but I think they are going to be counting on some young guys, and I think you're going to hear a lot out of Quentin Bohanna and T.J. Carter this year. When we look at this defense, you look at the secondary, you look at the linebackers, a lot of experience coming back um, at both of those positions. What do you think is going to be the strength of this defense this season? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the secondary, like you say, they're, uh, they got a lot of experience back there. I mean, really on defense, when you look at it, they had a lot of guys who were sophomores last year who played big roles. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Jordan Jones, an inside linebacker, uh, Josh Allen and Denzel Ware, defensive end. In your secondary, both your starting cornerbacks, Chris Westry and Derek Beatty, were sophomores. Mike Edwards, who might be the best guy in the secondary, who was a safety. He was a sophomore. Those guys have had another year experience, plus they're leaders on this defense as juniors. Courtney Love is probably the overall leader because he's a senior. But those guys, I think, have taken a leadership role. Just out there this morning watching Derek Beatty. Derek Beatty was doing a, a really good job, I thought, of like coaching up the guys behind him. Behind him, but there was one play where uh, one of the uh, freshmen got beat on a route, and he, and Derek Beatty, was the first one coming out on the field trying to tell the uh, uh, freshman what he did wrong. And I think there's been a lot of talk about that. The maturity level is up. You got guys in leadership positions, but I think obviously, you know, Jordan Jones, I think is probably the best player on defense. I think he's got a chance to be a really, really outstanding player. Maybe one of the best linebackers to ever play at Kentucky. Immaturity's been a problem with him in the past. Uh, you know, you, you would think hopefully that his maturity level has improved. Uh, I mean, I think he's just got all the skills and quickness, which you look for, especially when, when you're playing against spread offenses. But, uh, you know, overall strength, you know, I would say probably your secondary is your overall strength. But one of the interesting questions in secondary is who's going to play that nickelback position, which is pretty much a must these days with teams playing three and four wide receiver sets a mm-hmm. They talk like they're going to move Mike Edwards to that spot. He's going to play a lot of nickel. If he does that, then somebody has to play in the safety position. And I think Jordan Griffin is a guy that they're really on uh, who's, uh, who's been around. Got a few snaps. He's going to have more of a increase. He's going to have a more prominent role this year. They like him. He, he really football means a lot to him. As one of the players said, he's always he, he's so disciplined. He goes to bed when he's supposed to go to bed. He gets up when he's supposed to get up. He's always in the film room, and I think he's a guy that they feel like will make an impact this year. John Clay, our guest here, Lexington Herald leader, covers the Kentucky Wildcats. John, the AP preseason top 25 poll was was released on Monday. Just one SEC team in the top 10 for the first time in, uh, gosh, I think since the arc was built. I do believe that was the first time in SEC, only <laughs> right, one right. SEC team. Right about um, but we do see a makeup for it in spots 11 through 25 with Auburn at 12, LSU, um, Kentucky's SEC mates, Georgia, Florida, um, and Tennessee rounding out the top 25. But from the looks of it, this SEC East is kind of up for grabs in a way, um, much like it's been the last couple of seasons, but it really seems like Kentucky is kind of built to to make some noise in that SEC East this year. Um, what are you expecting from the SEC as a whole and primarily from that Eastern division of the, of the conference? No, I think you're right. I think just like in the last few years, the bounce of powers with the West, uh, as you mentioned, the top – 
teams in the rankings are, are from the SEC are Western teams, Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. Then you've got kind of, you know, you got Florida, uh, Georgia, and Tennessee. But I don't think any of those three teams are what they were, you know, 10 years ago mm-hmm. or something like that. Especially, you know, Florida won the division the last couple of years, but it certainly was not a dominant Florida team. They have really good defense, but they were not very good on offense. They still have a lot of questions. They, you know, the league's hired the quarterback grad transfer from right. Notre Dame has come to Florida. You know, he may end up in their quarterback, but they've got a lot of questions. Georgia's got a lot of people back. Georgia's might pick the win these, uh, but they still have some question marks. And then Tennessee, you know, they didn't live up to the hype last year with Butch Jones. A lot of people pick them to win these. But, no, I think you're right. The opportunity is there for Kentucky. Uh, you know, uh, Kentucky hasn't had a winning SEC season since 1977. Uh, they don't play the top three teams in the West. Uh, they get Ole Miss and then the uh, usual opponent from the West Mississippi State. Uh, you know, and, and then in the East, I, I think you're right. I think it, it could be wide open. When I was at SEC Media Days down in uh, Birmingham or Hoover, Alabama, that summer the talk down there was, you know, who would who was primed to kind of break through there in the East, Kentucky or South Carolina. So that game, obviously, when Kentucky travels to Columbia, um, you know, September 16th, I think it is, is a huge game. If Kentucky could win that game, then they got Florida with that big streak after that, but they do get them a home trying to beat them for the first time since 86 if they could win those games back to back i think they would definitely stamp themselves as a definite contender in the sec east when you look at this schedule for kentucky this year and and i was talking to several people about it the other day i can easily pick eight wins off of this schedule and i think if you if you made me i could probably find nine as well when you look at this Kentucky schedule this year, what are you expecting? I mean, you, you mentioned the games, the big home games. They've got Florida. They've got Tennessee. They've got Ole Miss. Um, the Louisville game is, is a home game this year for Kentucky. Um, so when you look at the schedule, John, what do you think, what do you see if you're looking in your crystal ball for Kentucky this year? Uh, well, you know, I haven't made a, a one-loss prediction yet. I usually don't make that till the Sunday before the season starts. Okay. Uh, but I, but you know, I, I'm leaning towards. I think they've got a. I th- I'm leaning towards eight wins, like you mentioned. I think they have a definite shot. Shot. I mean, they went seven and six last year, seven and five in the regular season. I think they're better than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think even with the injuries to Dorian Baker and obviously losing Cole Mosier on the offensive line, I think uh, they got Landon Young who can step into that spot. Uh, center, I think, is a is a question mark. Bunchy Stalling stepping in for John Toth. But John Schwarmer did a really good job last year of playing a lot of guys, playing guys in multiple positions. So I think he feels like that they will be in good shape. They may not have quite the depth they had there last year, but that they're, they're in good shape. Uh, you know, but it, no, I think if you look at the schedule, I think there's a definite possibility that they can win eight games. Um, as you mentioned, the fact that they have Ole Miss at home, uh, they do get Florida at home. But there's a lot of games. You know, a lot of their toss-up games uh, are on the road. They've mm-hmm. got to play well on the road to win those games. Uh, you know, at Vanderbilt is, is a big game. Uh, as we mentioned, at South Carolina is a big game. Mississippi State is always a big game. They finally got over the hump and beat Dan Mullen last year. So, uh, right now, I'm I am leaning towards eight wins. I think they I think they have a definite shot to go eight and four in the regular season. If this Kentucky team does go eight and four, or say they they win one, maybe. A lot of people think they shouldn't win, and they get to that nine and three mark, and then go win a bowl game, and then you're at ten wins, or you go win a bowl game at eight wins, and you get to nine. How much do you think this, or or should I? I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this. Um, how does this, how does this look to other teams and other athletic departments that 
are so quick to pull the trigger on a coach after two years or three years, and you see what Kentucky has done, giving Mark Stoops the time, this now his fifth season, if he's able to really make a mark with Kentucky this year, how much do you think this just kind of is a feather in the cap of what Mitch Barnhart and that athletic department have done with taking their time and allowing Mark to do what he needs to do and instill his own mark on this program and then to see where it goes. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that is a good point. I mean, there anymore, you know, you, uh, uh, you know, coaches don't, aren't allowed that uh, time. I mean, you know, Joker Phillips at Kentucky only got three years, uh, but it was a different situation for Joker because Joker was taking over a successful program, a part, part that he had helped build mm-hmm. and was a part of and Rich Brooks. So I don't think he was given as much leeway because, uh, there was a steep drop from uh, what they had been doing before Joker took over as head coach, to especially the last couple of years and that last year under Joker. Uh, but Mark took over a different situation. They had gone two and ten. He went two and ten his first year. Uh, just the improvements they've made. I mean, obviously the training facility, the fifty million dollar training facility they have now, you know, is not. I wouldn't say it's the best in the SEC, but it's certainly comparable to just about any other training facility in the SEC. That. And I think they are starting to see and will see the benefits of that because it's no longer on the drawing board. It's actually built. They're actually using it. They can take recruits into it. Um, I think just overall, Mark's, I think his recruiting has gotten a little bit better each year. You know, to build a program, especially in the SEC, it takes players, and you're not going to get them all at one time. And you just have to keep building, uh, you know, building one class after another uh, with good players and good talent so you can build up some depth. And I think Mark has gotten better as a head coach. I mean, he, you know, it's kind of easy for us to forget that he was a first-time head coach when he got, and when he came here from Florida State. He had never been a head coach before. He, he, he had to learn on the job. I think he's much better. I think he made a, a great hire last year bringing in Eddie Grant, and Eddie Grant brought in Darren Inshaw. Not just from the offensive standpoint, although Eddie did a great job with the offense last year, having to adapt, losing his starting quarterback in the third game of the year, bringing Benny Snell along. But I think also Eddie's experience, um, you know, Eddie and Mark, good friends. They had a comfortable working relationship. I think it's really helped the staff overall. I think Eddie is somebody that Mark can go to and ask questions about what do you think about this or what do you think about that. And, um, you know, I think it's a guy this year is going to really help him on the staff is Dean Hood, uh, the co- former coach at Eastern Kentucky. Dean's also the same kind of guy. He and Mark got to be friends when Dean was the coach at Eastern Kentucky. They got to know each other. Uh, Dean's been a head coach. He's been around as a defensive coordinator. You know, he's another guy that I think Mark, you know, relies on and can talk to. And Dean's going to take over the special teams, and I think they'll do a good job this year. So I think it's been a natural progression, and I think you're right. I think it is a good example. If they do have a good year this year in Mark's fifth year, it is a good example for other schools and other athletic directors that if you if you commit to the program, you commit to the coach, you uh, give him the facilities, you give him what he needs to succeed, uh, you know, then, you know, if you give him the time, then he can be successful. John Clay, the Lexington Herald leader, joining us on the breakdown. John, we appreciate the time. We know you got to run. Thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully we'll be talking to you in November during game week between the Cards and the Cats, the last game of the season, the battle for the Governor's Cup. John, thanks so much, brother. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Anytime. Well, guys, that's all the time we have on the show for tonight. We hope you enjoyed it. A short show, but a good show. We wrapped up summer football preview series with our buddy John Clay there as we talked to Kentucky Wildcats, talked a little AP Top 25 at the top of the show as well. Guys, make sure you tune in next week. It is going to be a jam-packed Louisville-Purdue 
football game preview show. We're going to have all kinds of good guests lined up for you, all kinds of football talk. So make sure you tune in next week. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. Go Cards. We'll talk to you next week, guys. I don't need a tomorrow.